Hello, and welcome to episode 101 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week, we're kind of finishing up what we wanted to do last week on our 100th episode. We're doing some listener questions and some finance stuff, just a little bit of grab baggy things. Yeah, a little bit of mix match here and there. The uh, listener question that we're answering kind of tied in with last week's episode, so we're going to finish that up and then talk about a little bit of finance stuff. So if you have show ideas or want to just interact with us at all, you can get at us on Twitter at Casual Tripod. Yep, you can also find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to drop us an email, you can do that at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. If you're looking to pick up any singles, like maybe some of the stuff we talk about a little bit later in the episode, or any Commander Legends stuff, or got some Christmas money, you know, burning a hole in your pocket, please don't forget to use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link will get a small sliver of to help keep the show rolling. Um, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Thank you to all of our patrons who uh, help us out, help keep us funded, and especially our newest patron, Anthony. He uh, is of many a story that has appeared on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, so, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it? <laughs> um, you can find him occasionally on Twitch at, I think it's at Rico Plays. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I imagine he'll jump into Discord at some point, right? Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, hopefully if he, after he hears this, he'll jump in. Speaking yeah. of Discord, we have a Discord. You should jump in. Uh, there's a link in the description. There's a link on Twitter, a link on Facebook. If you can't find the link or if you're having an issue, let us know and we'll send you a personalized invitation to get you into the discussion. Yeah, so we are going to... Whose question was this this week? Squirp. 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 So Squirp had a bunch of questions so yeah it kind of all like fit the same mold though so it's it's a yeah. good conversation to have yeah so the first thing he wanted to ask about was how we fit magic in with the rest of our life yeah and you know so for me like playing arena it's mm -hmm. um basically i play arena when if during the day if i don't have anything going on and the baby's asleep or like yeah. mildly like amused like today he passed out and I like snuck in f five wins real quick <laughs> or some evenings. Like if my wife and I are like watching TV, a lot of yeah. times like her and I watch very different things. And so yeah. like I get um, that. Yeah. So like I'll be sitting there and she'll be grinding through like Big Bang Theory and I'll be like, I, I will play some arena or and not really pay attention to this thing. Yeah. Or we watch some like low brain cell television like we've made it through all of the british bake-off and we've oh, moved boy. on to uh this show called nailed it where okay i haven't heard of that but it's a cooking show but okay they're like hey here's this giant amazing cake that took a trained pastry chef like four hours to make and you are a self-proclaimed garbage baker you have an hour and a half show us what you come up with <laughs> and so Good it's luck. just like people revealing like it's supposed to be like a whale and it's just like a pile of like brown goo or they like <laughs> they're supposed to bake cakes and their cakes are terrible so they just go they have bricks of pre-made rice krispie treats and they'll just stack <laughs> rice krispie treats on top of themselves and then paint them gray 
<laughs> like it's just it's just like they know they're making garbage. The hosts yeah. know they're making garbage, and they just like cackle at at their failures. So yeah. like if that's on, I'll just like get some games in. Mm-hmm. If everyone once everyone goes to bed, usually that's when I have like the most time to play. Like unofficially, yeah, time. yeah like ten to midnight is like dad time. Mm-hmm. Is when I will like, you know, play a video game or like play arena or whatever. Yeah. It's like in those times. Like I try to steal my times here and there. Yeah. I play just about every weekday morning with my cup of coffee. Like I'll eat breakfast and then grab my cup of coffee and head upstairs and play for like half an hour between like seven and seven thirty. And then when I get home from work, I usually play for about 45 minutes until my wife gets home also. So I get like half an hour in in the morning and 45 minutes to an hour in like in the evening. And that's usually enough to get my four wins. Occasionally I'll get some more time like after that to play, but usually that's about it. Yeah. I would say on average, I probably get between an hour to like maybe two hours yeah. Uh, in a given day. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's just like get my four wins and then close it and not even think about it. Yeah. Um, I do like the premiere drafts for this because I like one game is easy to squeak in like whenever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't feel bad starting a draft, you know, with my cup of coffee in the morning and then maybe getting, you know, two or three games in my seven in until my wife gets home and then like packing it up until the next day. Like that's not a big deal. It's a lot easier to stop like a best of one in the middle of it than it is like a best of three because you're committed to, I don't know, like what's a long best of one game going to take 10 minutes maybe. Whereas best of three, you know, you could be signing up for half an hour or more. Yeah. I was going to say that is kind of why I play predominantly best of one. If I'm playing in someone, I'm not saying who wakes up and screams at me, (laughs) Like, it's pretty easy to, like, get through that game in, like, two or three minutes and then be done with it. Or, like, just be like, all right, I'm going to, like, you know, concede this and whatever. It's one step on the ladder or whatever. I've got something else to do. Yep. Right. So I've kind of fallen into best of one just for, like, the convenience and, like, ease of walking away. Like, it's harder to commit Mm -hmm. that, like, half hour to 45 minutes. Yeah. to, To play. Now... You know, if let's say they had Pioneer on Arena mm-hmm. and there was a Pioneer event in a month that mm-hmm. we were going to, that I'd be playing best of three. Oh, I mean, I still greatly prefer best of three. Like if I'm playing Constructed, I would much rather play best of three than best of one. But like we've talked about it on the show before, how like the best part of drafting is the draft and not necessarily playing like, you know, mediocre piles of cardboard. And best of one, like I think accentuates the draft part a little bit better for me at least. Yeah. Than, you know, having to slog through a bunch of best of three games. Yeah, uh-huh. no. But yeah, if I'm playing constructed, I would I would much rather be playing best of three. And typically I do unless there's you know, like I said, a time constraint where, you know, maybe it's seven twenty and I only got ten minutes before I gotta get ready for work. You know, I'll throw a I'll do a best of one real quick, but normally I'm playing best of three if I'm doing constructed. Yeah, that's how I got sucked into like Arena Cube as I was enjoying drafting it. Yeah. And then less so the games. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, best of one, I was like, I can get back to my draft. Mm-hmm. So, 
yeah but that that has changed like but yeah i would say i carve out like an hour to two hours and sometimes it's definitely not like all at once oh yeah where i tend to break it up quite a bit there'll be there'll be times where it'll be like i'll get like two wins in like you know in the morning especially now Mm -hmm. since i'm not like around as much or i'm around the house more and then i'll get a couple wins later in the day when i'm like working it'll usually be like okay somewhere between like eight and ten i'll try to get Mm -hmm. my wins for the day when like things have kind of wound down a little bit yep so this next part of the question is going to be a little bit tough to answer but playing in paper like how much i know what we used to play in paper um, I'm sure that's going to change for you because of Gavin now. I know both of us used to play just about every FNM mm-hmm. and every pre-release, most of the ev- events throughout pre-release weekend. We used to do most of the Saturday events within about a three-hour drive of where we live. And we used to do most Grand Prix within about eight hours of where we live, which kind of comes out to like three Grand Prix a year, um, and then maybe a dozen or so like Saturday events a year. Yeah, probably like one a month. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then like about once a quarter or once every four months for a GP. Yeah. Yeah, we get like Atlanta, Charlotte before things went wonky in that state. Yeah. Richmond and D.C. were kind of our, and Baltimore. In Baltimore, yeah. We're kind of the places that we would go. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'll get to do like FNMs pretty consistently. Yeah. I am not sure about like how many Saturday events. I'm sure I'll still get yeah. to do some. Yeah. And then hopefully I can sneak away for the like, you know. Couple weekends a year. Couple weekends a year for, for GPs. It's going to be kind of like depending on my, my wife has to. I guess she's not working Saturdays right now. So. Yeah. That's not too bad, but if that changes and she like picks up Saturdays, so I have to kind of work around that schedule. But yeah, yeah, I think that it'll be a little bit less. Like those like Saturdays gone all day things are probably going to be right. less frequent. Yeah, but probably could still get like you know a couple of those mm-hmm. a year or whatever. Yeah, I mean it'd be well, nice it- if things were happening like locally again. Right, like it'll also work out kind of nice time wise because Gavin will be like a little bit older by the time, you know, we can play in paper again. Yeah. So maybe so. that'll make him uh, a little bit easier to wrangle. Right. I think that because my wife understands that, like, I, it's something I enjoy that like, yeah. Hey, I want to go to like GPDC in like June. Yeah. And it's January. Like, I think that's like a fair ask kind mm-hmm. of deal. But like, I think if I was like every weekend, like, well, there's a star city event in, Roanoke, and then right. there's a a GP in DC, and then there's a Star City event in Charlotte, and like mm-hmm. I was gone like for an entire weekend every month. I think that would like wear thin. Oh yeah. So, but yeah. So not gonna be like some like Uber grinder, but never really was. But I'll probably do a little bit less. Yeah, I was just gonna say we weren't ever really like Uber grinders. We, like I said, I mean we went to most like you know, store level weekend events within like three hours of us. So like PPTQs, RBTQs, uh, I guess they're PTQs now, um, like that level kind of stuff. We did just about everything within three hours of us. And then 
a handful of overnights a year. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be too, too different, but... Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, like, what does organized play look like when we're, like, back in paper? Yeah, I have no idea. Right. Um, they were kind of in the middle of revamping the whole system when the world ended. Yeah, and um, so, like, I... we have, like, a, a post-apocalyptic system right now. Right. Which might not be the system that we you know use once civilization has been re- been rebuilt right so and I, I don't know that it does i've been i'm speaking selfishly here i've been way less engaged with magic over the last like six months than i have in the last six years like the podcast and arena has you know kept me certainly up to date and buying cards and brewing decks but i mean i used to like voraciously consume content. Oh God. I haven't read an article in like forever. Yeah. I don't, I don't like watching. I mean, arena coverage is certainly better than magic online is, but I would much rather watch paper coverage than arena coverage. I don't know what it is that I enjoy so much more about paper coverage. Like two people sitting down playing each other at a GP is certainly not as easy to look at as like an arena match is, but I would rather watch it all day long. Again, another thing we forgot about the the glare from the lights trying to figure out what a card is in a sleeve. Oh yeah. Well, or like they, 12 they, different artworks. Yeah, why did they block with that Tarmogoyf? Oh, that's not yeah. a Tarmogoyf. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. What what so ridiculous printing of this card is it? Like I can't tell what it is. Yeah, what like, was it uh, P. Sully and Cedric always used to complain about? The expeditions? They could never figure out what the expeditions the were? The expedition arts like, all kind of look the same from Battle for Zendikar. Yeah. Oath of Zendikar. Yeah, yeah all the yeah. fetch lands. It's like, is that an arid mesa? Is it a sacred foundry? Is it a verdant <laughs> catacombs? We can't tell. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But yeah, I will say this might be something later on. About, like, mm-hmm. you know, engagement with the game. Like, yeah. I, for the longest time, I was very much, like, reading and watching, like, the most, like, competitive decks and, like, com- you know, trying to, like, learn how to play better. Right. And now, like, I'm just watching the, like, dumbest, like, against the odds MTG Goldfish it's like, hammer time. It's hammer time. We're playing pirates today on yeah. arena, historic pirates on arena, or like the arena boys show where they play like kind of garbagey decks. And, mm-hmm. but it's just like them talking to each other and having a good yeah. time. Like those are the things I'm watching now. No offense to the Jund father, but like <laughs> a read, a read Duke playing modern video is kind of like ambient. Like, you're just going to go out. <laughs> Max, hey, you're right out, huh? Read Duke here. We're going to play hey guys. Uh, Jund. Oh, this is the best seven I've ever seen. Can't you tell how excited I am? Yeah, you're just like, oh, read. Like, <laughs> so, like, I have kind of skewed a little more, a little more um, casual, like, more on the, like, entertainment side. Yeah. Where I'm not, like... I need to learn how this deck works because on some level, I don't need to know how this deck works. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, It's very different. If you're going to drive the three hours to play in your PTQ or whatever, right? Like you don't want to waste that 
nine hour or six hour round trip in the car. Right. Right. Like plus you your 30 bucks. And yeah, yeah. you want like, but like I'm playing the like eight, a, a team or paradox engine deck on historic. I'm mm-hmm. still like punting my way through that. <laughs> well, I'm just like, okay, I can figure this out. Yeah. Like, Oh crap. Stupid Aether spell bomb requires me to pay a blue to bounce the creature. Well, I guess I shouldn't have got that with my Karn. Eh, I'll remember yeah. that one of these days, right? <laughs> where like, where like the the investment is so low, yeah, that it's not like, oh man, if I screw this up, I'm yeah. gonna be really bummed out. I'm gonna have a like a sad ride home after my outback, right? <laughs> no, it's just I mean like, that's the best part of going to events. The it's sad the sad blooming onion after you scrub out, yeah. Like there's no investment. It's like, why am I not gonna watch something that's just like entertaining? Yeah. So, so yeah, like I've really changed how I consumed content. Yeah, like all sorts of content. I remember for the longest time, I had kind of a ritual that I did every day at eleven o'clock because eleven o'clock is when most of the um, like content sites used to update. So at eleven o'clock on weekdays. Star City would release all their articles. Channel Fireball would release their articles. Uh, Wizards of the Coast would release their articles. TCG Player would. Like, those were the ones that I always checked. And, like, every day at 11, like, that was, you know, I'd make a little hole in my day right there so that I could at least see what articles were out there so that, like, when I had a minute later on, I could circle back and say, okay, you know, I want to read this one and this one and then this one over here. And, like, I don't read any articles anymore. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I read an article. Yeah, like, all of these places have changed their, I don't know what you want to call it, their format, I guess. Like, some of them behind paywalls. Um, Some of them... Aren't all of them behind... Like, Channel Fireball and Star City are both behind paywalls, but... Yeah, TCG players not, and the Mothership articles, Wizards of the Coast articles aren't. But... Like they don't really Wizards doesn't really write their own articles for the most part anymore. Like they do the ones that like follow a set release, but they don't do the number that they used to. Like they used um, to do like like the, even the story stuff. They don't even do that anymore. They used to release like these right. long multi part like here's the entire story for this set. Mm-hmm. And now they're just yeah. kind of like there's a mythical thing that has big power and (laughs) people from different factions will call them colors want mythical thing what does it do we don't know maybe we'll never know and that's like the story for the set because i mean if you think about it right like this set big sword right zenikar rising Mm -hmm. thing to like stop the royal right Big rock. Yeah, whatever it was. Like, yeah. I don't even think they ever said what it was. The Ozolith from... Yeah. What, is, what does it do? It, it was a big, important thing that we had to get to. It holds counters. It holds counters. <laughs> um, Ix- Ixalan, uh, the Immortal yeah. Sun. Gotta get to the it. Gotta catch them all. And it's Gotta like, there, there's just all of these, like, like every set is like... Yeah. Planar Bridge from Kaladesh. Yeah. Rock or thing that does something will vaguely yep. talk about what it does, but it's really important and everyone's fighting over it. Yep. And then every so often they'll be like, Elspeth needs to get revenge. Okay, cool. <laughs> Th- thank you for changing it up for me. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, but there's there's a lot of that now where before, like, they had, like, ten articles. They had to, like, explain the characters mm-hmm. and what their motivations were. Mm-hmm. And those have gone away. Yep. Yeah, and, like, we used to get, I think we've talked a couple times about future future league lists that we used to get. Like, that wasn't a big article that I looked forward to reading all the time that doesn't happen anymore. And, like, a lot of the websites have changed the people that are writing the content, too. And, like, not to knock any of the new content writers, but they're not they're not who I was used to reading. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I was going to a modern tournament, I had, like, specific people that I would look for to read their articles for, like, state of the format and you know, to inform kind of my sideboarding choices and stuff like that. And like those people either don't write for the same places or behind paywalls now, or like it's on Twitter and you got to like DM them and ask them for a sideboard guide or like, that's not, that's not, that's not what I want to (laughs) do. Yeah. No, I think that there has been a shift, at least on the CFB side where I feel like the more free content Mm -hmm. is, very much more casual focused. Yeah. And, Way more casual. And like, I have a CFB pro subscription mm-hmm. just because, and like rightly or wrongly, I kind of felt like when they, sh- I think they were the first to shift to the paywall model. For No, like, uh, I think Star City did Star- first. I was like, oh, maybe CFB is running into rough times. Yeah. I can kick them some money for this thing mm-hmm. to help them out. Cause I do read their content and watch their videos and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, so that was, but like I haven't gone, but a few times to be like, Oh, what are the, what are the best standard lists that they, that they think that we should be playing? Yeah. And I mean, part of that might be because of, you know, no paper play also, but yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of it. But I yeah. also, you know, again, like like we said, there, there's not a huge like investment. Mm-hmm. If I go like o four, in best of one on the ladder, like okay, yeah, like it kind of sucks a little bit that I've got to play more to get my four wins, but it's not like <laughs> the end of the world. Right, you're not actually out anything other than some time. time. Yeah, yeah, but you're hopefully enjoying yourself anyway. Yeah, so it's a it is. It is a different world of, of of my engagement with the yeah. game, because again, like, why am I gonna read a bunch of like modern content if I can't play modern? Right. You know, every I still watch like legacy videos from time to time, but I'm not gonna mm-hmm. read a bunch of like legacy articles because I can't play legacy. Not that I got to play it a lot anyway, but right. like, it might even be- less now it might be a year and a half before I get to play legacy again. Right. Right. Before I like get to play something like at a GP. Mm-hmm. I mean, and by that point we'll have like two mana, 12, 12 tramplers. Oh yeah. Modern horizons two will be up by then. Yeah. And it'll be like, the downside is you have to have a card in your graveyard to cast it. Just like, <laughs> oh no. Fetch shock play thing. Oh yeah. Right. So like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to get really, I'm going to know everything there is to know about this legacy format. And then they're like, 
yo, here's Hallbreacher. Let's just throw that like on his <laughs> ear. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, it's like it's not worth the investment because even the older formats change super fast now. Yeah. So how much time would you say you currently spend like consuming content? So that's not that's not ours. A reasonable amount because yeah. I don't have cable. I do yeah, have I don't either. a number of streaming services, but mm-hmm. like I will just like have on magic content. So mm-hmm. I'll like get YouTube fired up on the TV and like, you know, feed the baby and watch, you know, a like I said, at an MTO MTGO goldfish, you know, saffron olive crim yeah. like standard video or historic video or something. Yeah, or um, like you you mentioned Arena Boys too, you watch. Yeah, Arena Boys. I watched them Pleasant Kenobi. Not a lot of gameplay recently. I've watched some of his other stuff. Mm-hmm. There are some times where I'm like, I can't bring myself to watch like a three and a half hour like just like stream replay. Yeah. Like I can't. But you know, I think today I watched like a couple like uh Numatanami uh videos mm-hmm. and uh things like that but like newmont stuff is like he has it some editing software that like mm-hmm. i think i've talked about this before chops out all the dead spaces oh yeah, yeah, yeah so like they go way faster yeah which which makes it nice but yeah i would say i probably watch one to two videos a day of mm-hmm. something yeah for background noise to like actually sitting and paying attention to it, like somewhere on that like continuum. Yeah. Right. Like have the headphones in while the wife's watching something else. And I'm like, you know, doing the dishes and Mm -hmm. there's a video happening in like the background and I'll like turn and watch a little bit and then go back to doing what I was doing. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I really don't watch hardly any Twitch anymore. I'm not sure why I just haven't been. Maybe it's, because I'm Jones and for paper and I've had my fill of like digital magic at this point. I'm not, not exactly sure, but I've hardly ever find myself turning on Twitch. I do watch some like YouTube videos. Um, but even then it's not really a whole lot of gameplay. Um, like I'll watch some finance stuff and like you said, you've watched some of uh, pleasant Kenobi's like rant videos. Um, I'll watch some of those and some of the professors rant videos, but really not really much gameplay stuff at all which is kind of weird like i i just realized that that i don't really watch any gameplay videos anymore that's weird yeah well again we're coming up to the best time to uh watch uh twitch magic because it's cube season (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i do like I have watched a reasonable amount of like uh, Vintage Cube and this like weird Supreme Vintage Cube, which is less good. I've yeah. not watched. There's been a couple Arena Cube videos that I've wanted that I'm like I kind of want to watch this, but like I'm so frustrated with that like format. I'm like I don't yeah. want to like uh, relive it. Yeah. So I'm just like eh. But mm-hmm. Vintage Cube is a time where I will watch like just go through and like I have like I'm subbed on like what's it called on YouTube to like channel fireball, which puts up LSV's cube videos. Mm-hmm. Like I watch Gabby stuff, particularly when it's Gabby and LSV drafting. Yeah. I watch do cube stuff. 
So I'll watch a reasonable amount of Vintage Cube. I think the last time yeah. I watched Twitch was to watch um, our new patron, Anthony, uh, Anthony play uh, <laughs> Pro Evolution Soccer for a little while as he was testing out his new setup. Yeah, the last time I was on Twitch, I logged in to watch Christus uh, when he was doing his arena open. Yeah, so it's yeah. not been like, oh, hey, I'm going to watch fill-in-the-blank person play. But, I mean, even like uh, Kenji, right? He, the last few weeks, has been streaming World of Warcraft, Pokemon. Like, he's playing, what? like, an old, like, like cart and Golden Heart and Silver Shield or something. Oh, okay. Like, but he's been streaming, like, other games a lot more Yeah, recently. Not magic. Than just not magic. Hmm. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people that are kind of in the same place we are with, like, you know, digital magic is... You know, on Arena, which is the better thing to watch, is standard and historic. And you know what the decks are in those formats. Like, I did watch a lot of, like, Kenji prepping for his, um, what's it called? His, uh... Mythic Qualifier? Yeah, Mythic, uh, yeah, whatever that was. Zendikar Rising Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so I play, I watched a, a reasonable amount of that. Also, again, like, you know, it's easier for me, like, the on-demand portion of it. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, I'm going to watch this for a while, and then I'm going to pause it and go do something else. Mm-hmm. So, like, having that flexibility is important to me, where, like, the Twitch stream, you know, it's just like live TV. It's like, oh, yeah. I guess I'm going to walk away from this. Yeah. And again, like, I've not been compelled. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, Zendikar Rising championship should have been like ooh, i'm compelled it's kind of like eh, whatever some people are gonna get muxist muxist yeah. i don't know it's be a, a grand gotta get grandied on <laughs> and uh and then there's gonna be some lorises and it's gonna be like a blast so i was like no nah, uh-huh. i'm good i'm good thanks yeah and uh like as far as reading stuff goes i find myself reading like a lot more on Reddit and Twitter than I do articles nowadays. Not so much like reading Twitter for articles, obviously that can't happen on that platform. But like if I'm looking for, you know, a new deck list to try out or a new take on a deck, I'll browse Twitter for, you know, a screen cap of somebody's run to mythic or whatever. Yeah. I, I do that. And like, even the people that like you associate like as writing articles, uh-huh. Right. Like, I think a lot of them are putting takes and stuff out on Twitter. Yeah. Even if they're behind a paywall, you can still get some of their information. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure, like, yep. deep down in everyone's head, they're just like, if I can get a million followers, then it's all just, <laughs> it's just all gravy then. Yeah. Then I can be like one of those TikTok dancers. Come on. <laughs> okay. Make it happen. So, the, the TikTok guy that was like on the skateboard. Like drinking, drinking the juice. Yeah, I saw like scanning on the internet today. He's doing ads for Walmart Plus now. What? Yeah, like it's like a picture of him like leaning up against some boxes, talking about how like when he's not just like relaxing, cruising through, he's using like the Walmart delivery service. And I'm just like, dear God, <laughs> get me some ocean spray. Daddy yeah, needs some free stuff. Day. Yeah, come on, man. Walmart, man. send me a PS5. Let's make this happen. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, ah, 
Yeah, so I think, like, deep down, there's, like, a lot of them that are, like, if I can just get my, like, Twitter clout up, I can parlay this into something else. Yeah. And and we've talked about before, like, there is a part of, like, getting into rivals in the MPL that is, like, right. your the Twitter clout. Yeah, yeah, like, how are you going to get that first invite to some invitational thing? Right. For you to do well in and then, like, parlay that into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. But I can't think of a time when I logged into CFB Pro. Like, yeah. in the summer, maybe? Yeah. Like, I don't think I've done it in, like, six months. Hmm. So, it's just like, okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. I've read a couple, like, if a TCG article, like pops up on like facebook because mm-hmm. like i've uh, i've clicked through enough to those i will read those from time to time but i don't like go out and look for content anymore right it's not like you're checking the website every day yeah yeah it's yeah not and like... I, like, I think i i asked you once or twice to like hook me up with an article that i was interested in reading but like i said that's once or twice it's not checking the website every day at 11 o'clock to see what you know insert pros name here's latest article is you know what i mean yeah so i think that is how we like interact with the game and content like now yeah. mm-hmm. and hopefully you know if the world goes back to normal right our consumption of things may go back a little more back to normal where yeah. at least like you know oh we're gonna go to uh, gp richmond and mm-hmm. it's going to be modern, and it's happening in June. I need to, like, know what's going on in modern now. Yeah. And kind of follow how modern's going to change between now and June. Mm-hmm. So then, like, re-engage with that format and, you know, six months of, like, okay, every day I got to see what the new modern articles are. Yeah. And I've got to listen to, you know, this podcast and this person and find this stuff so I know what to play in six months. Mm-hmm. Or I need to get a deck now so I can get reps and like make the changes that need to be made. Yeah, and start working on a sideboard or whatever. Yeah. So it is different. Yep. Okay. Like we said, like we don't even know what you know competitive magic is going to look like when that happens. So who knows? Yeah, like we keep talking about like GP slash Magic Fest because right. again, we assume someone was making money on them. Yeah. So they have to come back. I but, sure spent money on them. <laughs> yeah. I paid to be there. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know you know, if that actually ends up being the case. Like, I know that the last few GPs before everything blew up weren't mm-hmm. the most, or Magic Fest. The main yeah. events, at least, were not very well attended. No. They, I mean, they were pretty god-awful, actually. Yeah. But, but it was, that was also Oko time. Yeah. but And I think, before that, it was Hogak time. Yeah, they were making a lot of money off of uh, Mystery Booster side events. Yeah. So I think they were doing all right. Yeah. Like, I guess we do spend time on the finance side of things, you more so than me. Yeah. What I have done is I keep buying cards based on the assumption that Pioneer will become a format that is played again in paper. Yeah, I never really changed my buying habits. 
so even though I haven't been playing in paper, I've been still buying cardboard like I'm still playing in paper. Oh, I'm kind of the same way. Like I said, I have yeah. I have a bunch of padded envelopes from TCG Player and um, Channel Fireball that are unopened, just sitting to be sorted. <laughs> you should open them and at least make sure all your orders are complete. I, I probably should. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean... <laughs> If I'm short a, uh, a selective memory or two, I'll be fine. This most recent one I do need to open. But yeah. yeah, like I keep buying cards when I like am playing in historic and I find a deck that seems good and seems yeah. like it's close to being a pioneer deck. Mm-hmm. Or like I can easily in my head figure out how I get from this deck in historic to its pioneer variant. Yeah, I'm like, okay, maybe I should have like the unique cards for this in case mm-hmm. it does port itself over to Pioneer and ends up being good. Right. So I don't want to be in a situation where like I'm right and Kenan Bonder Prodigies are $5 now mm-hmm. and then they're $35 in a oh. year. When we're allowed to play Pioneer again and Paradox Engine's the best Pioneer deck. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I bought four uh, Paradox Engines for four fifty a piece. Uh, wow. Is that what they're down to now? Yeah. Crazy. I remember yeah. when that was like a $40 card. Yeah. Well, then they banned it out of Commander because it was stupid. Yeah. Apparently, having Urza turn all of your artifacts into Moxin and then getting to just tap five of them and then cast your entire deck. Yeah. Is a problem. Don't know why. <laughs> I mean, you can do that in modern. You can, but your opponent has like played like seventeen cards for free on their turn. Yeah, you've like, already died to an Uro. Yeah, you've already been Uroed, or uh, there's twelve zombies on the battlefield. Yeah, it's like well, I better spin the wheel into a wrath, or I die to these twelve <laughs> zombies. But yeah, like I'm still buying cards at a relatively high clip. Yeah. But I'm not too. really buying cards for standard, right? Yeah. I'm certainly not buying cards like to put in standard decks, but I'm still collecting standard legal cards, I guess, like if that makes any sense. I'm getting um, standard legal cards that I look at and go, this has a home in an older format. Yeah. Or it has already demonstrated itself to have a home in an older format. So, like, kind yeah. of the, the spec, like, I'm buying this in case it has a home in an older format, combined mm-hmm. with the, oh, I don't have any Skyclave Apparitions. Yeah. I clearly need to have Skyclave Apparitions if I ever want to play, you know, modern again. Right. So, I should get some Skyclave Apparitions. Right. So, that is yeah. that is how I'm buying stuff. Like, I haven't really, I guess the way to say it is I haven't really changed the way that I approach standard legal sets from, like, when we used to be able to play in paper. Like, I still buy a box-ish of every set and some pre-release packs and, you know, whatever. So, I like, I'm still collecting, I guess, like I would be normally. And then, you know, ordering oddball singles here and there. I kind of transitioned to... Not 
I haven't. I guess I bought boxes of Ikoria, and mm-hmm. I haven't bought boxes for the last two sets. Yeah, you um, didn't buy Core Twenty One or Zendikar. No, I bought a bunch of Core Twenty One cards that I wanted or I thought could be like playable, mm-hmm. and that was a relatively cheap endeavor. Right, uh, and then Zendikar Rising. That was a much more expensive endeavor since you needed like 40 mythics. Yeah. Since like you needed all these mythics and like I miss Skyclave apparition as like, I was like, Oh, this card's whatever. Like I didn't see it as being the most played card in modern. Right. So, but for the most part, yeah, I'm just like identifying singles and buying them. Yeah. I still have a lot to sort, but I feel like I have less to sort. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got, I think I'm mostly caught up on sorting. I did go down and spend most of my Christmas bonus on sealed product, though. Ooh. So I'm just keeping sealed. Gotcha. I, uh, I ordered two boxes of Ikoria just to sit on because like, that was the first set that nobody got to play. Yeah. So I ordered two boxes of that to sit on, and then I got three boxes of Commander Legends to sit on. Again, a set that like nobody's going to get to play. And I got a, a box of Zendikar Rising just to sit on. Gotcha. I mean... Hall Breacher is busted. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of good stuff in Commander Legends, I think. Yeah. Value-wise. So, yeah. Agreed. But yep. yeah, I really haven't changed how I've been approaching sets. But, mm-hmm. you know, the reason I used to get boxes was because then I would get, like, have all the, like, standard playable commons and uncommons. Right. Or close to having yep. all of them. And, like, I don't need those now. Right. So it's like the $100 I could spend on a box can be a play set of multiple rares. Right. And I'd rather do that. Go to a play set of Hull Breachers. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. One single play set of Hull Breachers. <laughs> As opposed to like, oh, that $100 was play sets of all these uncommons and commons that are going to get played in the format. It's like, no, don't need to yep. worry about that. Yep. So, like, when you said that you're you've been buying cards out of boredom lately, is it true boredom, or is it like, ooh, something shiny because Wizards is releasing a product every four weeks? It's, I guess, like, it's more the okay that looks interesting. I would be able to build that deck at some point, so I'll just yeah. get that card now. Like, boredom might not have been the best word, but I'm definitely not, like, buying cards with the intent of using them. Right. It's like, or using them in the foreseeable future. It's more like, I don't want to be in a situation where, like you said, like, you know, I need a Loris, Mm -hmm. but it was for my Coria, and now Loris, it's a year from now, and Loris's are $80. Right, because nobody opened a Coria because nobody could play it. There weren't any paper events, and nobody drafted it. And... Yeah, and so there's no none of these cards. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, think about, like, random, like, Kamigawa cards. Or, yeah. like... Um, Lorwyn. Lorwyn, right, since yep. it weren't super popular. Yeah. Right, you know, there, you know, there was a point where Lava Spike, a common from Kamigawa, was, like, $5. Yep. It wasn't that long ago either. No. And it's like, you know, there's going to be a point where, you know, the Ozolith or 
know, whatever, you know, Yorian is going to be really expensive mm-hmm. because it's played pretty heavily, but there's just not a lot of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. And really, like, you don't know how many of them are out there because, like, nobody played. Like, everyone's been playing digitally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, is it going to be a situation where, you know, like you said, there are, you know, there's a comparable number of Yorians to, like, you know, skate mm-hmm. the, you know, OG scape shifts. Right. And that card was like $40 for the longest time. Yeah. This is uh, actually working out to be a great segue into the next section here because oh, these are all things that I was pointing out that make this year different than most normal years. Like normally right now, you wouldn't be looking to pick up singles from sets from the prior year. You'd be looking to move stuff that you've accumulated from those sets. Like between now and like the second week of February is kind of when you want to be selling off of your standard stuff that's going to rotate. Traditionally, it's when prices are like the highest for that stuff and you can kind of maximize your use while still maximizing like your return on value out of them. Like right now, nobody got to play with any of this stuff. And I think that that may lead to some opportunities. And if not opportunities, like assuming that we're going to be able to get to play in paper at some point, you know, six months from now or whatever, which I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But even if it's not an opportunity to make money, I think like buying into some of that stuff now may just let you play magic in six months because if all of a sudden, you know, they open up in store play and people can start playing paper games again, some of these sets might get kind of spiky for like all the reasons we were just talking about. Nobody got to draft them. Nobody opened them. They're kind of like quasi out of print now. Like, I think it's also kind of easy to get your digital collection mixed up in your head with your paper collection. So if you've been playing arena every day for the last, you know, 10 months and you've got play sets, like you said, uh, Loris or Yoria, and you've got play sets of all the companions on arena, and then you're excited to get back to FNM, you go to sleeve up a standard deck and like, you don't have any of your companions. I think that like that can happen too. So some of this stuff might get kind of spiky. So yeah. I went through and I made a little bit of a list. Um, it's certainly not exhaustive. And some of them are definitely better like spec targets than others. And also like the prices that I'm going to quote here are about a week out of date. I'm not sure how fast any of this stuff was moving recently. So keep that in mind too. Some of my prices may not be super accurate, but I I thought like some of this stuff I had seen and said, Oh, that's kind of cheap. Oh, that's kind of cheap. Oh, that's kind of cheap. And there was like almost enough for an episode. So I just figured we talk about it for a little bit here. Okay. So like we were, we had just started talking about Ikoria and Ikoria is kind of the first set that everybody missed out on because of COVID like pre-release happened and then everything was locked down. It was like the same, the same week. So the first card I kind of wanted to bring to people's attention was Luminous Broodmoth. Uh, right now, or when I wrote this, they were sitting at about $8. I think that like recursion engines are generally worth looking into anyway. And Luminous Broodmoth being 4CMC is like right on the cusp of being priced right. 
like mana cost wise. So it might be worth looking into Luminous Brood Moths as a spec, especially since this is kind of a weird one and it has an on color combo with Solemnity. Um, like if you have Solemnity out, you can just recur all of your creatures forever. And nobody really got to brew with it at all. Like this is a card where like somebody has to have a result with a deck and then like the hive mind will jump on it and like tweak the deck. There hasn't really been events for anybody to break luminous brood moth. So I don't know that people have been trying to, I mean, it might not even be breakable, but like I said, I think these uh, recursion engines are certainly worth looking at and $8 for a mythic that like didn't get opened a whole lot and people didn't really get a chance to play is probably on the cheap side. Yes, agreed. Uh, yeah. There was uh, a while back a Crim video where, I think it was Mardu, but mm-hmm. had Luminous Broomed Off, Solemnity, and like if you have Kroxa. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. You just kill them? You just kill them, yeah. Yeah, because Kroxa just comes back infinitely. Yeah, that's sweet. I like that. Yeah, so I forget what was around it, but that was like the the main the main thing it was trying to do was like brood moth untap like solemnity croaks to win the game yeah so yeah i can get behind that yeah so there are you know you'd have to play planes but you get to play like thoughtsies so like you know right that's that's the thing for you Mm -hmm. yeah so the you know we talk about like events but like it used to be like someone would win a ptq with luminous brood moth and right. then people would start like that list would show up and then people would stream it or people mm-hmm. would do but there aren't those little tournaments where like someone can win with like a ragtag like luminous brood moth deck right and then people work on it right like if it's not if you're not in the mpl right you're not going to there's not events for you right or, or rivals right and like for the most part, MPL members aren't going to be like, well, let me see if I can like put together this luminous brood moth with yeah. solemnity. Right. Whereas someone might like, that might be their pet deck that they've mm-hmm. spent six months working on themselves and they win an event mm-hmm. and then it pops onto people's radar. Yep. Next is the Ozolith. Yeah. Uh, the we've the are... rock of unknown power or origins. <laughs> And like we've talked about this one a couple times now, and maybe we're a little late to the show. I think this was one of my specs that I talked about when Ikoria came out, and I talked about it again over the summer. I think they're six bucks right now. They were five bucks a few weeks ago last time I checked, so they may already be kind of clamming up in price. It has a really unique effect. It's a specific thing on Ikoria, so it's hard to reprint because it's a specific thing. And because it's a really weird effect, it's also like the kind of card that's easy to abuse. So like, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a card that came out like at any point in the near future and just made the Oslo really good because it's like, it synergizes well with a lot of different things. So I think that's a pretty safe spec also. Although, as I mentioned, maybe it's coming up a little bit in price already. So maybe we kind of missed the boat a little bit there. Uh, The Triomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, these have been showing up in uh, Saffron Olive lists as like one, two, one or two ofs. As mm-hmm. like I'm playing this three color deck, and this just gives me something I can fetch on turn one when right. I might not need the mana to make sure I have all my colors. Mm-hmm. And 
with like the focus on lands with different names for whatever reason in modern (laughs) the triumphs like fill that as they have different names sure and let you do you know let you play your skyclave apparition and your primeval titan and like Mm -hmm. let you play a thought seize or let you or our teamer and let you do all your teamer stuff Mm-hmm. that like would be harder to do without them so they're showing yeah. up and you have down here they're only like two to five dollars all of them are within a buck or two of five dollars so okay. some of them are like seven some of them are three but when i looked this up that included like the alternate art ones also like the borderless comic book art ones like you can get play sets of them for seven bucks play sets or just like well seven bucks yeah seven bucks a piece but still i thought that was no agreed cheaper than it should be like you mentioned they have basic basic land types so they're fetchable they're awesome color fixing they come into play tapped which kind of stinks but you can cycle them like if you draw them late in the game so any deck that wants to run a high land count like the field of the dead decks or the omnath decks or you know even sultai like in uh pioneer historic like there's a reason to play them over you know just a couple extra basics so i think that and then on top of that they have like casual appeal because they're three colors they fix your mana like they they'll always see play in edh and you know some of the more casual formats so i think if you can buy in like right around the five dollar mark especially for the really pretty ones those the alternate arts are absolutely gorgeous every single one of them Yes. Um, I think that's kind of a no-brainer if, if you don't have them already. I think just about everything else on this list is super cheap. So if you don't have playsets of this stuff, like there's kind of no reason not to. I think every other card from Ikoria on this list is under a dollar. Extinction Event, the extended art copy is a dollar. The regular copy is a quarter, like 25 cents. There are certain metagames where Extinction Event is like a main deckable Wrath in a mid-range deck. Kind of the way decks evolve, like sometimes there are, you know, just decks that have only even-cost creatures or only odd-cost creatures. Like uh, Modern Jund, I don't think runs any odd CMC creatures. Unless Hex Drinker, but... Yeah, they don't really... But it's like Tarmogoyf, Bob, Bloodbraid Elf. Yeah. Like there's no ones or threes. So like Extinction Event's a great wrath against them if you want one. So as long as you can pay attention to what the metagame looks like, it's easily splashable because it's only one black pip instead of two for damnation. And it exiles. And, you know, if you can pick up a play set for a dollar, I think that's probably worth just having in your collection. You know what I mean? It's a dollar. And again, like on the assumption that like Pioneer is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if Saltai Midrange is one of the better decks in that format, mm-hmm. right? Like it's going to play Extinction Event. Yeah. Because it just yep. like it's the catch up mechanism for that deck. Right. So like the card's going to be in demand there as well. Because mm-hmm. I can't imagine. For everything that has changed in the format, I can't imagine that Sultai is still not the best deck. I mean, it's, probably. 
it's the best deck in historic. Mm-hmm. And that's our closest analog. Yeah, but and you don't get to play oops in historic. You don't get to play oops. This is fair. It's fair. I don't think we're going to get to play oops in pioneer for very long. <laughs> so, They'll just go away as soon as we can play paper magic. Yeah. I feel like, like I guess this before, they're ignoring the format because yeah. like 12 people play it on magic online. Yeah. And then when a bunch of eyes go on it, they're going to be like, oh, this is this is not good. We should probably yeah, not we, have this be a thing. We can't do this. Yeah. They'll be playing people playing main deck cage and they'll be like, no, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> no more cages. Yeah. And then Lucas, I got on the Luca train a while back. I don't know if it was early or good to do, but mm-hmm. the, the borderless Lucas are two dollars. Yeah, that's another deck that I think has floated around Pioneer. Where you're just like the Jeskai Luka deck from Standard. Yeah. Where you're just like, hey, let's make a whole bunch of Agent of Treacheries. Yay. Also in Modern, you get that Planebound Accomplice. Oh, that you just get to pay a red and put him into play? Yeah, so you just get to put him into play, and then you can use him as fodder to go get something else, right? Yeah. I don't know, it's, it's worth looking at. He has really unique abilities that we really don't see that often. And again, it's a, because of the way like Ikoria happened. I don't know how much Ikoria is out there and how many of these are sitting around in people's collections. You know what I mean? Yeah. A gem um, razor. Yep. For a buck. I mean, basically it's a really big Rex age that takes a little bit more work. Yeah. I, I mean, kind of, sort of. It's really big and it grants evasion that Rex Sage can't do, but it also like kind of quasi upgrades like a mana dork late in the game. It, like if you, if you've used your elf to ramp or whatever, you can like stick a gem razor on it and trample over. I mean, you can't do that with a Rex Sage. Yeah. It, it like gives it effectively haste the four, yeah. four body haste. And yeah. again, just like in standard, it pairs well with like stone coil serpent or yeah. walking ballista or anything that has plus one, plus one counters. Mm-hmm. Right, like if you're playing the uh, plus one plus one counter deck, mm-hmm. I think you'd much rather have this in your sideboard than oh, yeah. Rex Age because you could just be like, oh, oh, I get to like make an eight eight trampler and also eat your thing. Cool. Right. Yeah, and it, as long as you're mutating it, which I mean, you're gonna want to do so you can you know blow something up. It it costs the same as Rex Age too. Like as long as you can make use of it, I don't know why you would run Rex Age over. Yeah, like if you're a really creature heavy deck, right? Like I don't yeah. think like uh like a collected company deck wouldn't run Gem Razor. No, oh, no, no, no. I it's mean, not you can't a hit, hit it off stuff like that. Yeah. But like yeah. a deck that's just like, you know, like I said, a counters deck or a deck that's going to be casting their stuff and mm-hmm. have a bunch of mana dorks or, you know, a Paradise Druid or something where you know it's going to yep. stick. Yep. Is going to be it's going to be a card that you're going to play a lot. You see play. Yep. This next Elves. one makes you play planes. Buckles. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's actually a good idea. Yeah. Like, it, like, destroys, like, I don't know, an ensnaring bridge mm-hmm. or something. And, like, basically gives your thing plus whatever, plus whatever. And trample. Yeah, like, isn't that just better than playing? I guess, like, Unflinching Courage gives you lifelink. Yeah. But, yeah, but it doesn't blow up a bridge. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like. You, like almost in the main deck, you'd rather have this than like unflinching courage. Yeah, I mean, there's games where you want the lifelink, but yeah, 
But no, that's, that's interesting. Okay. Look at that boggles. <laughs> so Catch you thinking about boggles. Yeah, I know. This next one makes you play planes. It does. But uh, Mythos of Netheroy. Yep. It's 75 cents for the extended art. It's like the most versatile, unconditional removal that there is at 3 CMC. It just kills a thing. If there's an Abzan mid-range deck, this is a shoot win. Um, is it better than like it's an instant, right? So is yeah, it, but is it better than like Maelstrom Pulse? Probably depends on the metagame. Maelstrom Pulse, in my experience, rarely hits. It almost never hits three things, and it rarely hits two things. Like the only reason you play it is because it's three mana kill a thing, and this is instant speed three mana kill a thing. Yeah. Occasionally you get the upside of tagging something else with it, but also occasionally you get the downside of blowing up one of your things with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you also this morning (laughs) again, like looking at pioneer, if I don't know, a certain Uro got banned, right. All the mid range decks wouldn't have to be blue green X. Yeah, I mean, if Furrow's gone, there's almost no reason to be Sultai other than, like, Hydroid Crisis. But I don't even know, like, if that's what that deck looks like without Uro. Yeah, but, like, then maybe, like, there's an Abzan deck. Yep. And then, right, you have green for Nyssa, black for Thoughtseize, and then white for, I don't know, Big Elspeth or whatever white thing that Mm -hmm. you want. And then this fits into that deck. Yeah, I mean, even if it's just green-black splashing for this, I think that's fine. Like, I think that removal is powerful enough where you could just splash a white pip for it. Yeah. I mean, and even then, uh, like the... Uh, you know, we have um, the four-color uh, mid-range deck in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, mm-hmm. in Historic that's playing uh, Yasharn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So... Yeah, if, but that's for a specific metagame. Like I don't I don't is. know if Pioneer needs Yasharn. I mean, we've not played Pioneer since we've had, you know, basically Sacrifice being the best deck. But like that's the true. the white thing or Sacrifice mm-hmm. being as powered up as it is. But the white yeah. thing you could want in your green black deck could be Yasharn in certain metagames, which then yeah. brings Mythos of Nethroy along with it. Oh yeah. So Yep, I agree. This next one hurts. <laughs> it hurts real bad. I'm sorry. I had to include it, though. It's Guy Ruda. The extended yeah. arts are 70 cents. So not the Godzilla art, the extended art. Okay, I have the Godzilla arts, so. Yeah. I, I don't know what they are. Probably not the, as much yeah, as I paid yeah. for them. Uh, Probably not. <laughs> Guy Ruda is definitely a combo card, though. And as we've seen, it gets better the more clones there are. And there will always be more clones. There will always be more like four mana clones and yeah. also things that blink things. So like uh, right. Resto Angel, not that they're getting the Resto Angel, but like Wis- was it Wisweaver Angel yep. from Kaladesh is yep. an even converted mana cost where mm-hmm. you can just like plow through your deck real fast. Yep. Yeah. So I think this is, is reasonable. Yeah, for like I said, the extended arts are seventy cents. They're probably worth picking up. So this next card, 
Like, I feel like it was almost a uh, a brain teaser. I was like, what is Lava Brink Venturer? But this is the thing that just, like, gets protection from Otter Even. Yeah, you pick Otter Even and it has protection from it. It's like three a 3CMC 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. That's a human. And mm-hmm. they're 14 cents for the extended arts. Yeah, I mean, um, his Edge Champion, like, was a three-mana protection from colors. And that sometimes um, was just like a house. But though it was only if you had metal craft, and I think it was a 2-2, two, two, not a 3. Yeah, but my point being, like, sometimes you would just lose to that card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A right? lot, they, I mean, a lot of times. They would play it, and you'd be like, I, I can't do anything. And yeah. this could be like, you know, well, you're playing mono red, and I play this, and I say, odd. Yeah. And now there's you can't nothing kill it. in your deck that yeah, there's nothing in your deck that deals damage to it that's even CMC. Yeah. And like, you know, it's like, oh hey, like cool, you have an Eidolon. Awesome. Yeah. You want to block? Yep. Yeah. If you look at like the modern format and you see of the top five removal spells in the format, it's Fatal Push, Path to Exile. Um, lightning bolt, like I mean, that's a pretty good time to be playing Lava Brink Venture, Venture, I think. Yeah. So, and it's a human. Mm-hmm. It fits into that oh. deck. Yep. You know, as like you know, again, sideboarded juke kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's all I had for Ikoria. I only got like a handful more, so we'll blow yeah. through these pretty quick. There was three cards that I wanted to talk about from Core Twenty One. Uh, the first was Conspicuous Snoop. Um, they've come way down from like where they were at release. You can get the extended arts for like a dollar twenty. Um, like modern hasn't really happened since this card's been legal. I don't know if the deck's good or not. I have heard like actual nothing about modern, but I think that. Like goblins is kind of a fan favorite deck. Like even if it's not good, there's people that'll play it. And this is probably one of the best goblins that's been printed. The so, number of I'm times sure it it'll... just does disgusting things in right. historic, it just has oh, to yeah. be good if in a goblins deck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean even without Muxus, like this thing makes eight tokens with a Krenko on top of your library. Yeah, it's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, gross. And then we have Containment Priest, which was a card that you were kind of stoked for in Core 21. Which I bought, um, and they paid way more for than what you have been listed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the alternate art borderless ones are 20 cents. They are now legal in every format. So they're legal in Modern, they're legal in Pioneer, They've been legal in Legacy. It's a good hate card. Uh, for I mean, that's what White kind of likes to do out of the sideboard anyway. His hate strategies out, but also like if there happens to be like a hate bears deck or a taxes deck, um, it's a pretty good candidate for that as well. And twenty cents for the pretty copies is, you know, you're in for under a dollar for your entire playset, and that's kind of good insurance to have. Yes. And like, again, we talked like at the top of the show about some of the ways that we kind of make the most out of our magic time and magic time a lot in a lot of instances 
equates to money also. And this is one of the ways that we do that is by looking at, you know, when cards are cheap, maybe don't buy 40 copies of to hope they, you know, go up to a dollar and you make some money. But if you can buy in for a play set at 80 cents, instead of waiting for, you know, the deck that you want to play to get popular. And then all of a sudden they're $2 a piece, you know, I'd rather just sit on the 80 cents and, you know, not have a soda out of the machine for a day than, you know, have to spend 10 or 20 bucks for a play set when, when they get popular. Yeah. Then uh, the last card that I had for Core 21 isn't one, but it's the Temples. I know that, like, they've reprinted these a bunch lately, and they're probably going to reprint them again, but they're pretty decent mana fixing for standard. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, maybe maybe they rotate out this standard rotation, but I wouldn't be surprised if they came back at a later point. Almost all of these are super cheap, like under a quarter a piece. So if you went and spent, you know, five or ten bucks, you could get play sets of all of them and just sit on them until next time they're legal. Like I don't probably aren't ever going to be true bulk price because they do see play. And even if they get another reprint, I bet you they're more than a quarter a piece. I think they're just cheap right now because nobody's playing standard. Yeah. So Agreed. for ten bucks, I just pick up play sets and kind of seems like a no-brainer to me. The next set that we got to talk about real quick is Jumpstart. And there's only I only got three cards in here, but uh Goblin Lores from Jumpstart are eighty-eight cents. They used to be fifteen dollars. Uh, they spiked up higher than fifteen dollars at one point, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they were really expensive because yeah. uh, of Hollow One. Hollow, yeah, Hollow One. If there's a modern deck that just wants to vomit cards into the graveyard, which tends to happen, this is a really good way to do that. It just turns over a whole bunch of cars for little to no mana investment. I know that this card was expensive due to scarcity. It was only in tenth edition, I think, and Portal. which made them. Oh, and Portal. It made the card really hard to find, which was why when it got hot, it got expensive. But for $0.88, cents, like you should probably have a play set of these in your collection somewhere. I don't think it gets more efficient for the job that it does. If all you care about is volume in your it's probably about the best you can get. Yeah. And then we have Elvish Archdruid from Jumpstart is $0.80. Cents. One of the Keldheim Commander decks was Black Green Elves. And we have, this is kind of another thing that we wanted to touch on this episode that I don't know if we're going to have time to, but we got some previews from Kaldheim and it looks to be a little tribally, like there's some changeling stuff going on and we have a tribal birthing pod. And like I said, one of the Kaldheim commander decks is black green elves. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if elves was one of the tribes in Kaldheim and 80 cents for like arguably the best black green like elf or the best elf lord is a kind of a pretty good deal i think when i put modern elves together these were right around three bucks a piece they've had a couple reprints since then but there's also a lot more people playing elves like casually so the supply might be a little bit lower and then the last card is one that i had mentioned to you last week or the week before I bought them. Um, I, yeah, I, I follow maybe, instructions. Yeah, maybe getting like we're we get, we're getting another Modern Horizons next summer. It wouldn't surprise me if this was a kind of card that they included to kind of push a new archetype. 
Um, but dual caster mage, the ones from Jumpstart are 26 cents. We had that Neostorm deck kind of poking around Historic for a little while. I don't know if it's still doing anything there or not, but it needs another copy of Seagate Stormcaller, which is dual caster mage. So if that's an include, I could definitely see these getting a little expensive. And for a quarter a piece, they're... that's kind of like the theme I've got going with these. For for as little money as they are, it's kind of silly not to have a playset in your back pocket. If that's something that, you know, if you could see yourself playing this kind of deck, it's kind of silly to not pick them up at this point. And then your next big thing are the Zendikar Expeditions. And like these I haven't even like paid any attention to. Yeah, do you think you should? I mean, fetches for around $30 is pretty yeah. good. Misty, Tarn, and Verdant are the only ones above 30 bucks. So the other seven fetch lands are all under $30 for like the Expedition Frame ones. Super cheap. They're cheaper than they've been in a very long time. So again, we're supposed to be getting a reprint of these in Modern Horizons 2 next summer. But these have the cool border. Like, I mean, I, I would be in. And last time we had them reprinted, the price really didn't move much. Like when they were in, was it Modern Master 17? Yes. I don't really remember the price dropping at all. Actually, I think some of the Modern Master 17 ones are worse than the um, the original Zendikar ones, right? And they have the same art and everything. There's nothing different about them. Yeah. So I think 30 bucks for those is a pretty good deal. And then there's some other ones that are like randomly, I think, good deals. The Wastelands are absolutely beautiful. They're 16 bucks. Um, they're a staple in Commander. They're a staple in Legacy. If you like you some Wasteland, they're gorgeous and cheap. Uh, Horizon Canopies are 14 bucks. That's cheaper than you can get any other version for. Celestial Colonnade. I believe this one was actually a foil. Uh, you can get foil Celestial Colonnades for around 5 bucks. Kind of nuts. Very nuts. Um, Grove of the Burn Willows were under five bucks, and all of the Scars of Mirrod and Fastlands are under nine dollars, which is also kind of insane. Yes, considering uh, Black Cleave Cliffs were like, yeah, uh, fifty dollars, sixty dollars for a while. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if if you like that border, it's probably worth looking into these. I think that the print run of them was higher than a lot of people thought it was going to be. So there's more out there. And I think the market kind of overcorrected it a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if the price of these came back up. And then we have Commander Legends stuff. Yep. uh, Just a couple cards. The first two are both cards that were around the $50 mark before they were reprinted in Commander Legends. And now they're dirt cheap. And they're both staples of the format. We've got Rings of Brighthearth for $5 and Staff of Domination at $4. Um, not that either one sees any play outside of Commander, but they were both very expensive, and now they're very cheap. These are cards, like most of the rest of this stuff, I would just buy to have in your collection in case you know you're, you want to put a deck together at some point. But I think Rings and Staff potentially you could make some money on if you wanted to spec on them because of how expensive they were. Um, They were like prohibitively expensive. Like people would not build decks that otherwise they would because the cards that they needed were so expensive. They're both like combo engines. So 
I think once Commander Legends goes out of print, these are going to go maybe not back up to the $50 mark, but I would be surprised if these weren't 20 or 30 bucks a piece. Fair. Yep. And then the and last then got, one. Yeah, our littlest boy. The smallest boy with the most keywords. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, Rograth. Um, what's the rest of his name? Rograth, Error of Rack, whatever. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. You can get a pack foil for under 90 cents. I think they're actually cheaper than that now. I think they're like 70 cents. Pack foils are kind of in a weird place now that we have set boosters and collector boosters. It kind of drives the price of the pack foils low. But like this guy's seeing play in Legacy. So I think if you can get in on like some some pack foils on the cheap, you might be able to make a couple bucks on them later also. Um, I think I bought 20 copies of this guy. Yeah, I have a decent number that I bought. Yeah. Yeah, he's Rograth's son of... Rograth? Uh, no. Rograth? Roga. Rograth, yeah. 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 It's scene play in Legacy, and it's just... It's, it's a weird card. It it's, is a really weird card. Like, you know, there was... Just recently, they did a... Uh, there was an instant deck tech with uh, a basically mono white hammer time deck. Yeah. Where this is the only red card in your deck. Yeah. And everything else just moves hammers around. Yeah. Just puts hammers on him. Yeah. And like it's legacy. There's not a lot of removal. Right. You you know, you, you put your hammer on this guy and he gets in. Yep. They're in for a bad He's time. Yep. So. So what do you think? Was there anything I missed? I don't think I'm trying to. So, like, I had mentioned, like, Skyclave Apparitions, they're like $5, but they're yeah. currently the most played creature in modern. Yeah. Which seems like a weird price point for the most played creature in modern. Well, so when I was building this list, I was kind of trying to keep it to things that people may have missed. Yeah, that's fair. Um, in, like, I, I know. You know, we talked about Commander Legends and Zendikar Expeditions a little bit, but like the expeditions at least aren't, there's not going to be the same quantity still entering the market. Like, I mean, we've still got a couple months of Zendikar entering the market. So I didn't want to talk too much about like regular singles from Zendikar. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got a point. Uh, Skyclave Apparition to be the most played creature certainly should be more than a couple bucks. Yeah, like it seems, it seems like it is a. Like it will be one of those things that if you play planes in your deck, you will yeah. play four skyclave apparitions. Just seems like what yep. it's going to be going forward. Yeah. And so yep. just like to have that like rattle around in your head where maybe you watch it and see if mm-hmm. it gets any cheaper. Yep. But like, you know, just I was looking at the I looked at the cost of a foil wasteland mm-hmm. from the foil um BFZ wastelands. Mm-hmm were like a hundred to a hundred and ten dollars not too long ago. Yeah. And this one's thirty eight. For a foil for the f- new expedition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the art's beautiful. I love the new wasteland. Yeah. If these are things that you're going to play, something that has uh, occurred with the um uh like the Kaladesh masterpieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those cards are all stupid expensive. Now they're more yeah. rare. Yeah. Because they were like, you know, 
you know, one per like case. Right. As opposed to being able to like buy a collector booster full of them. Right. Get right. three in a collector booster box. Yeah. But like I remember buying the Lotus petals for like forty or fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. And I think they're like a hundred and fifty or two hundred now. Yeah. So like these have a pretty high ceiling on them if mm-hmm. you're willing to wait. Right. Also, like, you know, if you're like into the um, mystery booster stuff, I was yeah. just looking at like random mystery booster like singles like on uh Star City had like a sale of um promos. Yeah. And some of them are like really like reasonable. Like what? Oh gosh, I forget like I just saw like acidic slimes are like the acidic slime arts like eight dollars on TCG right now. Hmm. Like they weren't nearly as expensive as I thought they would be. Yeah. For like if there was if there was one particular art of something you wanted and you didn't want to commit to the whole right like drop, it's not that they are it doesn't seem like they're oh, prohibitively secret, expensive. Secret layers you mean. Secret layers, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, you said mystery boosters. Sorry, secret layers. Yeah, gotcha. Words are hard. <laughs> Baby hates sleep. Yeah. For other people. Right, so, not for himself. Not for himself, no. He he's like, I will sleep if you hold me. If you put me down, <laughs> I will wake up. So you can't yeah. put me down, but you can't sleep while you hold me because you can kill me. <laughs> and it's like, dang it, baby. <laughs> so yes. Well, with that, I think we should like Look at this list and like go through the cards that you thought were neat from the recent sets. Yeah. And try to like make some of those uh, come into your life. And I was just flipping through my trade binder as you were talking about stuff. And I was like, I do have all of these Throne of Eldraine cards that mm-hmm. I'm assuming I'm not going to use in person. Right. I should probably make some of those that like aren't seeing play. They should mm-hmm. probably get sent to someone who's not me. Right. Same with like yeah. a bunch of my Theros cards. I mean, that's like I said, that's normally the spot that we're in right now. But because nobody, like people got to play with Throne and people got to play with Theros. Nobody really got to play with like Cory or Core 21 or Zendikar. So I think it's kind of a weird spot where normally like this time of year, you'd be moving that stuff to you know, try and recoup some of your investment. But right now, like prices of this stuff are so cheap that like maybe it's time to buy into some of the stuff that might be playable in the long term. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, the, the Clackbridge trolls of the world. Oh yeah. Right? Like those, like those aren't going to like magically become playable in, in right. older formats. But you know, there are some things that it's like, Oh, Oh, what is it called? Uh, like escape to the wilds. Maybe yeah. that's the card that you get at like, you know, a cheap price point now mm-hmm. because it's just going to be a card that's going to see play. Yeah. Uh, in like, you know, older formats from time to time. But it's, it is weird, like how much are the prices now? We talked about this uh, for last rotation, right? Mm-hmm. How much of the price of the cards is, are already effectively like post rotation prices? Right. Where, hey, like, these throne cards, there's no market for them. Like, they're all effectively bulk. Yeah. Like, is it worth you, like, boxing them up and sending them? 
mm-hmm. to 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 get anything off for them. Like you're gonna co- spend more in postage than you are in like than you're gonna get back for your cards. Right. It's like uh, I might, so maybe it's not worth it. That's normally where I'd suggest take them to a Grand Prix. We can't have those either, so we can't have we can't have those either. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we have talked about our life with magic now. <laughs> both, we sure did. Uh, both in how we consume content and uh, cardboard. So oh, yeah. delicious, delicious cardboard. So with that, I think we have a show. We have a show. So if you would like to get at us for some show ideas for next week or anything that you're kind of interested in your, your magic life, you can tweet at us at casual tripod. Yep. You can also hit us up on Facebook at casual tryhard MTG or drop us an email at show at casual tryhard MTG.com. Uh, we do still have a couple weeks in this like weird content lull that we're in right now before I think January 7th, they're going to start rolling in with Caldheim stuff. So we've got, two or three weeks worth of shows that we got to write. So if you guys got any ideas or things you want to hear about questions, you want to ask us now's the time, Twitter, Facebook, email, uh, hop into our discord. There's a link in the description. There's a link on Twitter. There's a link on Facebook, hit us up and we'll send you a link. If you can't figure out how to get in there, but, uh, yeah, let us know what you want to hear about. Also, if there's any of these cards that we were talking about that you guys might want to pick up for your collections, uh, make sure that you're using our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. TCG Player has usually the best prices of any of the big sites because it's a whole bunch of little sites. And TCG Player Direct um, kind of lumps them all together so that you only have to pay for shipping once. And they're guaranteed through TCG Player. And their shipping is usually pretty quick. I know here in South Carolina... I can usually order stuff TCG player direct that ships out of New York and it's here. If not the next day, depending on when I put my order in, it's definitely here the day after that, which is kind of absurd for free shipping. Yeah. But yeah, anything that you guys purchase after following that link, will get a small sliver up to help keep the show rolling too. So it helps us out as well. Yep. So with that, we will catch you on the internet. Yep. We'll catch you guys on the internet. <laughs>